Well, once again, happy Easter to you all. It's just so fun to be hanging out with you this morning. Anybody uh, go to the sunrise service this morning? This is your second service. Good news for you, I'm not recycling my sermon, okay? I believe in recycling, but not this kind of recycling. I'm going to preach a whole new sermon. Um, it was so fun, and it was beautiful, and I would encourage you, if you're here, uh, come on out to the sunrise service next year at 7 o'clock as the sun rose. Nielsen was praying, the cool dude. He was praying, and like the sun came up, and I was like, that was a good prayer, Nielsen. Um, so. You know it's Easter, but it's also another day. Anybody else know what, what day it is today? It's what? It's April Fool's Day, which happens to be one of my favorite days. Uh, if you couldn't tell from the confetti cannons, which was my idea, and we had a creative team meeting, and everyone in the room was like this, and I was like, yes. Yeah, I was the only one. Yes, you know. Um, I love April Fool's. I, I love it, which means my wife hates it, okay? Um, because uh, we, we, I, I mess with her a lot. Like, like, I messed with her one time, told her that something, that she had to come pick me up at, at the hospital. That was kind of my worst one. That was not probably a great idea uh, early in our marriage. Later backfired on me, if you've ever heard the story of the boy who cried wolf. I later blew out my Achilles tendon for real and called her and said, hey, I'm at the hospital. And she was like, yeah, right. And she hung up. So, also in a former life was a youth pastor. And we had a very serious senior pastor, just like me, very serious. And um, he, had a, he had a big gold nameplate on the front of his desk. And so you'd walk into his office, you'd see his big gold nameplate, like, you know, fancy, and, and I'd always kind of bug him, like I was a youth pastor, hey, when's I going to get my nameplate? And he would kind of tell me the hoops I had to jump through to get my nameplate. Well, one year, Easter fell, or not Easter, a Sunday fell on an April Fool's Day as well. And so I was inspired by the office. Anybody love the office back in the day? Well, that nameplate ended up inside of a jello mold on top of the pulpit. So um, that was fun for me, not so much for him. I love April Fool's. And you know why I love April Fool's? I love surprises. Anybody else love surprises? Like, like some of us don't. Some of us want to be in charge and control. We don't like surprises. We need everything kind of figured out. But I would argue that even, even those who are, are the most planned in the room love a good surprise. Right? Something that you just didn't see coming. A gift that you just, you didn't know about that somebody knew that they knew that that's what you wanted. And and so they got it for you. And it was just this great surprise, right? The surprise of maybe a loved one who comes from afar and visits you. And you had no idea they were coming to visit. You hadn't seen them a while. They come and visit. During this week, I was watching all these, these clips and stuff of of these unexpected surprises. Military people coming home and surprising their family. Um, Ellen is famous for surprising people on her show. She pulls pranks on everybody in her show. I think we like surprises. And here's what I think. I think we like surprises because it awakens something inside of us. It awakens um, this thought that we don't know exactly what's coming. And maybe we can believe that something maybe outside the box would happen. It allows us to, I would argue, dream and hope and think that anything could be possible. I mean, the movies have gravitated towards this and figured this out to a T, right? Any of you seen the movie, The Usual Suspects? If you have seen the movie, The Usual, you have not seen the movie, The Usual Suspects. You need to go see it, okay? 
There's a character named Kaiser Soze. You should, I'm, I'm going to totally spoil it for you. Because you should have seen it. Shame on you. There's this character that's talked about through the whole movie. Kaiser Soze. Kaiser Soze. And he does all these things. He's the mastermind of this, this big criminal uh, um, sort of uh, espionage and, and, and all these things going on. And, and, and it's Kevin Spacey who's telling this story. And you get to the end and you realize... Kaiser Soze is Kevin Spacey and he's lying the whole time. It's him the whole time, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I love, I love surprise endings. I just love it when I don't have it figured out and something unexpected happens. And this is the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is filled with unexpected surprises, unexpected characters, unexpected moments and circumstances. There's this man early in the Bible named Abraham, and him and his wife Sarah are about a hundred years old. And they have some visitors come to them, and they have these visitors who say, who say to them, you're going to have a son. And through that son, you're going to bless all the nations of the world. Your, your lineage is going to be a blessing for all the peoples of the world. And, and, and the thing about it is, that's a great blessing if Abraham was like 30. But Abraham was like 100. And so was his wife. And so he said, hey, um, I'm not a smart man, but listen, 100 years old, probably probably not going to be great. I mean, can you imagine me going to the middle school sign-up, the middle school dance, the 100-year-old dad? That's not going to work out so well, right? 100 years old, and these messengers say, no, 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 you're going to have a baby. And guess what? Nine months later, what happens? They have a baby named Isaac. And his name means he laughs. He laughs because I think God likes a good surprise ending. There's a man, there's a little boy named David. You heard about David? David's this little shepherd boy, right? He, he, he's a shepherd boy and he's the smallest in his family. He, he's the unexpected one. You know, he's the guy you would, you would say, oh, I'm going to pick all his brothers for my team before I pick him for my team. And yet David comes walking in against an 11 foot giant named Goliath. With just his slingshot. And what does he do? He slays the giant. In every other story, the giant always wins. But in this story, the small, insignificant shepherd boy wins. God loves surprises. I could go on and on just in the Old Testament, but I want to get to Jesus, okay? That's what this morning is all about. I'm going to preach a very simple sermon, and it's all about Jesus, okay? See, Jesus comes in the most unexpected way. He doesn't come to a royal family, a king or a queen. He doesn't, he doesn't come to a palace as you expect the king of kings and the lord of lords to show up. And he doesn't do that. In fact, he shows up to a poor, insignificant, young family. Probably a family that was shamed in their community because they were telling people stories like, well, my, um, my wife, she got pregnant by God. And everyone was saying, yeah, okay, Joseph, I think you should just like move along, buddy. Um, there's some issues there, right? And not only does he come to this poor, insignificant, excluded, outsider family, he also doesn't even get a proper place to be born, right? We have these beautiful mangers in our house that paint this great picture of all these animals, and they're, they're just laying there, and, and Jesus is softly... Listen, that is not how the story went. Right? He was in a dirty manger. There was blood. There was tears. There was animal um, 
you know what, on the ground, right? He comes to this insignificant little town of Bethlehem, the unexpected surprise of Jesus. And he continues to surprise. He meets a blind man and he rubs, he rubs mud on his eyes and boom, the man can see. He tells a lame man, I will forgive your sins and get up and walk, right? Unexpected surprises. His disciples are out in a boat one night by themselves. Storm comes up. They see Jesus water skiing without a boat pulling him, okay? He's walking on the water. I mean, unexpected surprise after unexpected surprise after unexpected surprise. Water into wine. Uh, Raising the dead to life. Restoring sight. The teachings that are just amazing. Jesus filled with unexpected surprises. Nobody saw Jesus coming. And nobody really saw today coming. See, today is filled with unexpected surprises. For those of you who are with us on Good Friday, Good Friday itself is an unexpected surprise. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords comes triumphantly on Palm Sunday into the Holy City, and everyone thinks, here comes the King, he's going to overthrow the Romans, and we're going to set up our empire and overthrow their empire, and instead, he gets put on a cross, crucified, beaten, dies, and is put in a tomb. I want you to engage in this, right? Because we love running to Easter and we don't dwell on Saturday. See, yesterday I was, I was thinking about this. Can you imagine being the disciples who have seen all these incredible unexpected surprises and then suddenly their leader, the one that they thought was coming to save, is dead and buried and in the ground and there's a rock in front of it? And, and can you imagine this? I mean, many of them left their families, their jobs. They left everything to follow this guy. They believed that he would be the Savior, the one to save all the people, to save Israel and to save the people. And, and, and there he is on Saturday, dead. Nothing's happening. No earthquakes, no nothing. It's just dead, dead, dead. He's dead. And so they wake up on the first day of the morning. And how must they have been feeling? Hopeless, afraid, deceived, angry. How would you have felt in that moment if you had given up everything to follow after someone who was filled with unexpected surprises, who you thought was going to change everything, and then he just died? And if that was the end of the story, as Paul would say, we... We should be those who are pitied the most, if that's the end of the story. But it's not. Because Jesus has one more amazing, unexpected surprise. The women show up at the tomb. And this is what happens. Luke 24. 1 through 6. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared with them and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. 
in their, if you thought the confetti cannons were scary, this would have been scary, okay? (laughs) In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. And that's what we celebrate today. The greatest unexpected surprise resurrection. That the dead didn't stay dead. Here's a question. Anybody um, know someone who died this past year? Raise your hand. Come on, raise them high because we need to support each other in this. Okay, look around. Seriously. Because for some of you, this is a hard Easter it's the first Easter without that person, right? This, every Christmas and Easter, I think, man, what a great time to celebrate. But it's also hard for a lot of us. So please just raise those up again. Look, you're not alone, okay? That's a message in itself right there. You're not alone. We know a lot of people who died, okay? A lot of people who passed away. I lost my grandma in the past year. Um, she, man, she's just, oh, I love grandma. Um, amazing. She cut my hair before every basketball game. I love haircuts now, like so much, right? Um, so here's the second question. How many of you know any of those people that rose back from the dead? Anybody? You know anybody that rose back from the dead that you mentioned? No. How about somebody in the last 10 years that you know that came back from the dead? They like dug themselves out. And we're like, oh, just kidding. Eh, you know, anybody know that? No, you don't know that story? Okay, 10, 20 years, 30 years. In your lifetime, do you know somebody who raised from the dead? Because I don't. I ain't heard of them. Right? Because you know what? The dead stay what? They stay dead. Right? The dead stay dead. That's why this is a sad day for many of us. Because it's the first time we have to go through Easter without that person. And we miss them. And we want them to be here. And they're just not. Right? And we know we're, we're, we're not gonna, they're not going to pop out of the ground suddenly. And we're going to see them right now again. It's just not going to happen. But Jesus did that. Do you understand the implications of this? Okay? We just, I I think, some of you have maybe not heard this story. This is what Easter is all about. Uh, You think it's about peeps. It's not about peeps, okay? They're great. Put them in the microwave. They explode. It's awesome. But Easter is not about peeps. Easter is about the resurrection of our Savior. It's about the the God-man who conquered death and came back to life. And people think this is going to go away, that at some point this myth is going to go away. Well, it's been 2,000 years and it just keeps going and it just keeps going and it just keeps going. This is man, Jesus, has changed people's lives. And that it seems like the dead, man, there's, there, mu- there must be something more than death. There must be something more than death. And this is what we celebrate on Easter, for those of you who have not heard that story. But for those of you who have heard this story a thousand times, can we hear it fresh? Can we hear it new? Dead people say what? Dead. Dead Dead people don't come to life until Jesus shows up. And Jesus, the unexpected surprise, comes up out of the grave... And he conquers sin on the cross. And he conquers death in the grave. And guess what? For those of us that believe in him, put our trust in him, believe that there's hope now, that there's excitement now, that there's something beyond this life now, guess what? We will rise again. You and I are going to rise again. If we put our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ, the dead won't always stay dead. 
we will be resurrected because he has been resurrected. This is exciting, okay? I know you heard it a thousand times. Some of you are like, I get it, Pastor Brian. This is exciting news for you. Because guess what? You're all going to die. Welcome to church, okay? I ain't going to preach hell and damnation. Yeah, I, I got my spiritedness out of me, okay? Um, but can we think about the implications deeply about this this morning? The dead will rise because of today. The unexpected surprise of Jesus leads us to hope. It leads us to grace and mercy eternally. I mean, that should blow your mind this morning. And beyond just death, I want us to think about being resurrection people. What would it look like if you were somebody's unexpected surprise this week? Right? Because Jesus has risen from the grave. He has conquered death. It means that we are resurrection people. And it doesn't just mean fire insurance, if you know what I'm saying. Okay? It doesn't mean fire insurance. It doesn't mean a ticket to heaven. Yes, it, it means a ticket to heaven. But here's what it really means. It means resurrection life starts now. For those of you who have put your trust in Jesus, resurrection life starts now. And here's what I mean by that. Your words can put people to death or they can give people life. The way you spend your money can give people life or it can put people to death. The way you love or don't love can either put people to death or give people great life. The reason you don't like injustice, the reason you get angry about injustice, the reason you get angry about things being wrong in this world is because you know deep in your soul that death, death needs to be conquered and life needs to be lived into. And we are those who join Jesus in what it says in this passage. Why do you look for the dead in the land of the living? That's what I want to invite you into this morning. Simple message. Simple invitation. It is available for you right now. The land of the living. It should have implications on all of your life. It should change the way that you drive out of the parking lot today. It should change the way that you love your family. It should change the way you deal with your spouse. It should change the way you handle your money. It should deal with, it should change the way that you do everything in your life. And I want to invite you. No, 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 no. Jesus wants to invite you into the land of the living. And some of you have heard that for a thousand times and I want you to hear it fresh and new this morning. And some of you have not heard it before. And I would say that invitation is there for you. Jesus stands at the door of your heart and he knocks and he knocks and he knocks. Uh, I'll steal a little bit from my sermon this morning on the mountain. This entire life is a pursuit of you by Jesus. At every turn, at every twist, at every moment, Jesus is calling your name. He's beckoning to you. He's pleading you to come home to him. And so today is resurrection day. Let us celebrate it for that. I want to invite the worship team to come up.
and lead us in one last triumphant song that tells this story. And I want to lean in a little bit. Um, Because some of you I don't get to talk to very much. You come at Easter and Christmas, and we call you keisters behind your back. (laughs) Christmas and Easter, get it? Okay. Bad pastor jokes. Okay. Um, Like, can can I invite you into Resurrection Day? God stands with his arms wide open, inviting you to resurrection life, land of the living, not land of the dead, land of the living. And so I would invite you to, to step into the land of the living however you can today, whether you've been walking with Jesus for a long, long time, or whether maybe you need to take a first step toward Jesus, I would invite you to take a step into the land of the living. I'm going to hang up here after the service is over and... Um, if you feel led to, to chat or you want to talk to me or you want to pray with me or one of our elders, um, I just get always wound up around this time um, just hoping and praying and pleading with God that, um, that you would respond, that you would hear the voice of God, that you would respond to Him if it's for the thousandth time and yes, or for the very first time. But we... We praise a living Savior, an active and alive Savior. Listen, if you go to the Holy Land, you can't find His tomb. Do you know why? Because He's not there. If you go to that, you go around, you can find other people's tombs. You go to the Buddha's tomb. You go to Muhammad's tomb. You go to all these people's tombs that have died. But if you go to the Holy Land, you can't find Jesus' tomb. Do you know why? Because He's not there. And this is what we're invited into this morning. Come into the land of the living. Come out of death. Come to life. Come out of the dead. And into the land of the living. God, we praise you. We know that we often choose death instead of life. That we often choose hate over love. That we often choose separation over unity. That we often choose death over life. And so God, um, whatever step we need to take, Spirit, would you just invite us to take that step? Whatever that looks like for us in whatever way, please God, help us to, to walk into the land of the living on this resurrection day. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand and sing.